This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This week is the very first episode of 2021, and the only way to do that is it being the prediction show. As I have teased for weeks now, we are finally here. I will lay down all my predictions for AEW, Stardom, and WWE, while also going over a number of topics from television this week, um, whether it be New Year's Bash, New Year's Evil, and a few thoughts from Stardom as well. So, this show is going to be a long one, so let's get started. Let's talk very quickly about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw saw the return of Goldberg. Yes, Goldberg is back once again. This time to face Drew McIntyre. And I can imagine fans being nervous um, because Goldberg's track record, per se, of when he comes in against a champion is that he wins. Uh, You could see Kevin Owens and The Fiend, for example. And one would have to think that there is a real chance that Drew McIntyre gets beaten by Goldberg. That would be worst-case scenario. Now, if the plan is for Goldberg to win and Drew to get his win back at WrestleMania, then I guess that's okay. But, I just want to understand like what the thought process is here. If Drew wins, then I understand it. It's to get him a major win and keep building him and going into WrestleMania. That's great. But if it's for Goldberg to win, I don't necessarily see where... This goes. Who faces him at WrestleMania? It can't be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. That's not happening. Um, so I don't, I don't know where this is going. I feel like they had their shot at Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, and they seem to kind of be letting that go. Um, in that situation, I would also want Roman Reigns to win. So it's not a matter of I'd rather one champion lose to Goldberg over the other. No, I'd want either champion to win, but Goldberg is back, he will get a WWE Championship match at the Royal Rumble, and we're just going to have to accept it, that's kind of where I'm at right now, Um, Goldberg does add a certain star quality, and I think he can have a pretty decent match with Drew, you know, because Drew's a very physical guy, so I think they can pace each other to the point where it's going to be a physical match, and... It could be good. Um, I always look to the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar-WrestleMania match, for example, 
uh, the second one, not the first one, because that was really physical, but it was really good. Like, it was five minutes of just nonstop action, and if they could somehow capture that, then, hey, I'm all for it. But otherwise, I really don't know the point. Uh, Moving on. So, I watched Wrestle Kingdom this week. So I feel like it would only be right for me to share a few thoughts on these shows, night one and night two, because I only watched New Japan so few times, but I watch it at the best times, I feel. Usually around now in the G1, I'll watch Dominion as well. So, why don't we uh, dig in? Um... If I have said it on the show before, I definitely have said it on my Twitter. I'm a Jay White fan. I'm a very big Jay White fan. That's who I was hoping would pull it out. Of course, if you know by now, he did not. And the story that they're telling is very, very interesting. So let's give some context. Uh, Let's look at night one first. Night one's big matches were Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. I thought that match was very overrated by a lot of people online. And I expected it to be because, you know, some people think Will Ospreay is the best wrestler still in the world. Others think Okada is. And that's great. That's good for you. But Okada took the last year off. Didn't have any out-of-this-world matches. I guess the G1 he may have. Um, but I feel like it was going to be overrated no matter what. People like to say things about matches that are over the top because of who's competing in them. And I thought this match was pretty, pretty um, middle of the road, you know, little above average type match. I didn't really like the story they told. It wasn't... The only story was... Hey, will Okada do the Rainmaker? Like, that's what the whole story was. I understand Osprey turned on him and left Chaos, but I didn't feel any anger in that. It was just kind of like, hey, this is a match that is going to make wrestling fans happy. So, let's do it. It was it was fine, but uh, plenty of people are overrating. Um, now, Naito versus Ibushi... That was a very good match. That was um, tied for my match of the two nights. And I think what they did in there was tell a good story. Because Naito was trying to, you know, just be the champion. And he was willing to defend against Ibushi. And then Jay White on night two. And what Ibushi was trying to do was finally achieve his dream of winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So you had that story going both times, um, whether it be night one or night two. Uh, So Ibushi ended up winning uh, with a devastating Kamigoye. He had the knee pad off. It It was fantastic. And then Jay White came out at the end and pretty much said, Congratulations, you got your shot, but guess what? It's not gonna be it's not gonna last. This title run's not gonna last. Your your hopes and dreams are gonna break tomorrow. And I thought this was a good promo to hype up night number two. 
Night number two saw Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori face off in the co-main event. But before we get to that, I want to talk about my other match for the weekend, uh, the two nights that tied. Um, I gave both match uh, four and a quarter. And this one is Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb. I thought these two delivered exactly how you were hoping them to. This is probably my favorite Jeff Cobb match I've ever seen. And I think Shingo is just such a good talent. You could do anything with him, and he will do it right. Um, this was for the Never Open Weight title, and this match was just physical from beginning to end. And you were invested because... You just wanted to see these feats of strength. You wanted to see what these two were willing to do to each other. And it turned out to be magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. And now to the Hiromu versus um, Ishimori match. This was also great. Um, high-paced action. These two are some of the best junior heavyweights in the world. Hiromu may be the best. And if I'm going to recommend two matches to watch from night two, it's these two. So let's get on to the main event then. The main event saw Jay White face Kota Ibushi for both titles. And as a Jay White fan, you kind of assumed there's no way they switched the titles that quick. Even though that would be a hell of a story to tell. But they still told a great story here. Um, Jay White and Kota went 48 minutes, I believe. Just way too long. Way too long. And I think that ruined the match. Um, people were saying it was Jay White's greatest performance. Um... I don't know if that's the truth uh, match-wise. Had you cut down that match about 15 minutes, then I would probably agree with you because there was a lot of good things in this. But the the ending stretch was just, like, very long, and it felt unnecessary at times. Uh, but I do love Jay, and when Coda finally won the match, Jay White was holding the titles, like, kind of in... He was stunned that he lost, you know. Ibushi wrestled, what, 35 minutes the night before? It was just, This was Jay White's time to win, and he still couldn't pull it off. So then you get this post-match promo, which is one of the best promos I may have ever seen. Um, there's a line that he says, you're not talking to Switchblade, you're talking to Jamie, which is his real name. And he said, you know, New Year's uh, bash or dash or whatever the hell they call it will be his last show because he just can't do it anymore. He doesn't know if it's worth it. He feels like he's not appreciated. He feels like it's just, he's done all this and he can't, he can't get there. And if you think about it, his IWGP heavyweight title run and intercontinental title run were very short, very short. They weren't real runs. They were more so he won them. Uh, he didn't even successfully defend the heavyweight. He only defended the Intercontinental once against Goto before losing to Naito last year. And, I don't know, it made me think, hey, this is a story that I can invest in. That New Japan can draw me in for more than just... More than just the first part of the year and the G1. Because this, this promo that he delivered made you feel as though, could he be leaving? Could he be rebuilding? 
what is the story for Jay White? And I think it will be a year-long build to a babyface win next year. I think he could be leaving Bullet Club, um, and the Switchblade could be on his way to title success, but in this year-long beautiful build that I think New Japan could pull off if they're willing to do so, which would be interesting because that would be three years in a row of building to this huge title win, uh, long-awaited title win. So I'm excited to see what Jay White does. Jay White, Jay White's promo excited me for the future in New Japan, and the, you know the amount I watch New Japan, the more I will involve it on here. Plain and simple. I don't, I don't expect to watch every show, but I will watch the things that matter to me, and that's that. So those are my Wrestle Kingdom thoughts. I forgot to speak that at the top of the show, but. There they are. Enjoy them. Don't enjoy them. Do whatever you want. Um, we're going to save the predictions for last. Uh, so let's talk AEW New Year's Bash. Wardlow. Let's talk Wardlow. Wardlow faced off with Jake Hager in a inner circle duel um, between the two big men of the group. And they... Kicked ass. This might have been my favorite Jake Hager match. Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, whatever the f*** you want to call him. This was an excellent match. These two went in there and just delivered a great big man match. Wardlow is a future world champion no matter what. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. This man will be holding world title gold within the next two or three years. I don't think I don't know how long you can hold him back because he's already very good and I like I like his character like every time he speaks he seems to get it um, whether it was that Brody Lee video where he was just sharing a story or the angle he called uh, not not the angle the promo he delivered this week where he said Jake Hager wanted a fight while I'm giving him a war like that was I thought that was very good and I think. The win went to Wardlow here, and I think that's big time in the future build of the inner circle possibly breaking up and Wardlow going on his way. He's a baby face in the making. I feel like everyone wants to cheer him, but he could also just be a destructive heel. Like, he can go either way. That's how good he is. And I do look forward to seeing what what they do with Wardlow, what they do with MJF, because... (sighs) Excuse me. I look forward to seeing what those two end up doing because clearly MJF's a heel for life. There's no reason to turn him babyface. So is it MJF who that ultimately pisses Wardlow off to the point where Wardlow turns into the babyface? I think so. And that will be good to see down the line. Um, Let's talk about Sting. I think I said it last week or the week before. Um... I'm just getting sick of him walking out and doing nothing. Well, guess what? He did it again this week. He did it again. Like, I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand why we're just going to keep doing this. Like, Team Taz runs away from Sting every week. 
Um, and Sting does nothing every week. He just looks at Darby and walks back into the thing after it snows. Like, Sting has gotten old. <laughs> and that's kind of funny because he is old. But he's gotten old very quick on AEW television. Like, there is no part of me that tunes in to see Sting right now. Because he's not doing anything. He's doing the same thing every single week. And it sucks. It sucks. I don't care. If you like it, good for you. If you like it, good for you. I I just don't. I just don't get it. I just don't understand the angle here. Um, and I am very much over it. So, the sooner you move on, the better. Hopefully, I mean, I'm guessing it leads to a sting match with Team Taz somehow, some way, but I really, I really don't know. And finally, let's get to Phoenix versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. After seeing this, all I could think was that Phoenix is the best in-ring competitor AEW has. I love Pac. Pac's my favorite guy in AEW. I love Kenny Omega. He is on a different level right now altogether as a character, as a wrestler. But when it comes to in-ring, and that's it, I don't know how anyone can better Phoenix. Phoenix does things that I've never seen before. Every single match. He does things that makes your jaw drop. He does things that makes you a believer. He is the perfect babyface. Like, if there was an heir apparent to Rey Mysterio as the luchador in wrestling, it would be Phoenix. Because Rey Mysterio has long been the guy when it comes to lucha wrestlers. Um, he's been that for 20 years. And I think Phoenix is that good to be the next great, you know? Um, this match was fantastic. There were times, you know, you thought Phoenix might win, even though there was no chance. And that's what makes a great match. Um, Kenny ultimately won with the one-winged angel, and after the match, he threatened to end Phoenix's career, which was interesting, um, because, you know, they showed Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade, beating down Pentagon and Pack in the back, so they couldn't help him. Um, and as Kenny got ready, John Moxley came down to the ring, saved him. Uh, he was swinging a barbed wire bat, and this is when the big moment happened. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson make their way into the ring. The Impact Tag Team Champions of the World beat down John Moxley, and the the war is on. They beat down everyone that tries to enter the ring and save John Moxley, and eventually the Young Bucks come down to the ring to try to, you know, just... Just stop it, break it up, uh, close it out, and uh, I forget who the wrestlers were that grabbed Kenny against the ropes, but um, it led to Luke Gallows and Matt, Matt uh, Jackson super kicking, and I think Gallows hit him with the belt. And it kind of like, because the Young Bucks came down there just to break it up. They were like, what are you doing? What is the point of this? But ultimately... It looked like they came down there for that Bullet Club reunion. And that's what made it great. They did two sweet in the middle of the ring. And you kind of just sat back there. And personally, I was like, you know, this 
this is going to work. This this angle is going great. And my prediction is we get Kenny Omega versus John Moxley three at Revolution, ending that series. I think that's the only way to really go on pay per view for Kenny. And then you get the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks. I think that's the way to go when it comes to what to do with the Good Brothers in the division. I think you put them against the Tag Team Champions. Ultimately, the Young Bucks come out on top, but it's a perfect match you put on your pay-per-view between the Bullet Club teams. The most probably... I'd say the two most famous Bullet Club teams. Um, I'd say Grills of Destiny are behind them, both um, in terms of popularity, at least. Um, and it'll be a fun match. Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows are in the shapes of their lives, and Matt Jackson and Jackson remain one of, if not the best tag team in the world. So, seemed like a perfect match. That's all I have for AEW this week. Moving on to NXT. NXT was also a special show, New Year's Evil. We saw a lot of matches. Um, The fight pit was called off due to a Timothy Thatcher injury, but we really don't know what it was. Um, They're saying it was an injury. Could, Could have actually been an injury, but no one really knows, so that didn't happen. But what did happen was Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez in a last woman standing match, and it kicked ass. These two are the future of this company. They they are the reason you can look at WWE and know that they're in great hands moving forward. Uh, they're both wicked young, and they're both very good already. Raquel Gonzalez only impresses me more and more every time she goes out there. And Rhea Ripley's just... uh, Rhea Ripley deserves to be the face, I think, of this company when the time comes. Um, The creativity they had, uh, they went to the back and Rhea Ripley jumped off like lockers onto a table to take out Raquel. Uh, Dakota Kai ended up attacking, but Rhea Ripley locked her inside one of the lockers. Like, that was, that was funny as shit. And ultimately, the match ended when Raquel Gonzalez planted Rhea Ripley through the stage. And she got to her feet at, like, nine. Um, it was a great match that anyone should go out of their way to see. It was very physical. It was a great last woman standing match. Uh, Last man, last woman standing can be hit or miss at times, but this was a really good one. It didn't feel like it went on too long. It it felt just right. Now, it was also announced that we will have the Dusty Rhodes Classic back. Um, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong will be teaming together. Um... They are facing Brizongo next week, and we're also getting Everize versus the Grizzled Young Veterans next week. So I think two of the, I think Cole and Strong should be seen as favorites, and the Grizzled Young Veterans should be seen as favorites. Um, and then I believe Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory have entered as a team, and they said there's more teams to be announced in the coming days. So we'll see. I'm excited for that, but I'm even more excited for William Regal's announcement here. 
William Regal announced that for the first time ever, there will be a women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And you instantly start to think, what teams will they put together? Because, you know, you got Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro as a lock. You got Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell as a lock. And you got Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as a lock. They're probably the favorites to win. But then you got to fill in the field. Will the main roster be involved? Um, because if the main roster is involved, you could see someone like Sasha Banks wanting to be in it. Um, you could see the Riot Squad. They'd be a good team in it. And then, you know, you also try to think of the combinations that could happen on the main roster. Like, would they put Tony Storm and, I don't know, someone random together? I can't really think off the top of my head. But would Tony Storm be in it? Would Ember Moon be in it? Like, maybe an Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley team. Shotzi Blackheart's probably going to be in it somehow. There's a number of ways here. Um, Tegan Knox is out, so that takes out one of my teammates here. Um, but it's very exciting. It's going to be very fun to watch. It gives NXT a layer that they needed. Um, I wrote on Twitter that this this is the n- number one way to start fixing NXT. Uh I'll say it now, I don't know how the recording sounds, we had an error mid-recording, so hopefully this still sounds well as I go through it, but let's continue on here, um, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT Championship, the main event, I predicted last week that Kyle O'Reilly would win, I was quite wrong, Finn Balor is still the champion, and clearly Finn Balor will be Going to NXT TakeOver on February 14th to lose to Karrion Cross. I feel like that is the way we are going. And that's fine. Whatever. Um, I don't know where Kyle O'Reilly goes from here. I really don't. Um, because I'd have Kushida probably win the NXT North American Championship, not him. And Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are in the Dusty Classic. So it's a matter of what's next for Kyle O'Reilly. It's interesting to think. Where do they want to go? I don't really know. Um, unless Bobby Fish gets cleared and they enter as a team as well and you get Undisputed Era versus Undisputed Era, which could be very interesting, that would be a takeover match I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's next for Kyle unless they're getting called up soon. Because Adam Cole's kind of almost happily went into that second role on the team for now as he is teaming with Roddy. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with O'Reilly. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so that's NXT. Then AEW. Let's talk stardom. Right before the predictions, let's talk a little bit of stardom. I watched uh, Momo Watanabe vs. Theory this week, and it's it's so good. 15-minute draw, but in those 15 minutes, you you got exactly what you would hope for out of these two. Lots of kicks, a lot of them looking at each other and you know giving it back and forth. A lot of them asking each other to give it back and forth. That, that was the best part. It was a one-upsmanship type of match that ultimately led to... That ultimately led 
to the draw. But we're getting another match. Uh, we already have another match for the SWA Championship um, at towards the end of the month, and I'm very excited for the rematch because I think the rematch will be even better. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, comments and speculation and rumors and a lot of discourse on Twitter about Momo Watanabe and how Bushi Road views her. And listen, I don't know how they view her. I know how I view her as one of the absolute best, one of my absolute favorites. That's how I view her. And here is me sounding off. She is one of the pillars of that company, if they like it or not. She's only 20 years old, so she has plenty of time to still succeed. But she is the leader of Queen's Quest, the team that has the Red Belt champion, Utami, Utami Hayashishita, on it. That has Azumi on it. That has Sayaka Mitani on it. And people say she's the fourth in line in that group. No, no, no. She's the best wrestler in that group. And I understand some people don't believe that she has the star appeal that an Otami has right now. Or even Azumi has. Because Azumi, you know, Azumi's a star. Azumi's an absolute star. And to those people, I need to understand what. I I respect your opinion. I absolutely do. But what Momo Watanabe brings to the table is consistency. There's a reason she's fighting Nene Takahashi, not anyone else. There's not a reason they didn't do Julia first. There's not a reason they did Utami first. There's a reason they did Momo first. This is the match that I think re-establishes who Momo Watanabe is in stardom. I think that's the truth. I think this is going to be a big year for Momo. And that's that. She's only 20 years old. Again, she's only 20. So I'm not losing hope here. I'm just reassuring that she's going to be fine. Because she's one of my absolute favorites. And she has that star presence. I don't care what anyone says. Queen's Quest has that star presence. You know, when they all make their way down to the ring... And Momo puts on the best match out of all of them. most Nine times out of ten, in my opinion. And I understand. It's not all about the wrestling. It's also about that star power that Otami has. That's great. But again, she's 20 years old. She's the youngest. Well, no, Azumi's the youngest. But she's younger than Saya and younger than Otami. Like, there is plenty of time. And I have to keep telling myself that. Because the more I read things on Twitter, the angrier I get. And that's not the case. Um, I have her involved in a few of my predictions. So let me just shut up and why don't we get on to the prediction show? Yes, the prediction part of this show, I should say. Um, I did this last year. Um, I'm not going to go back and talk about them because 2020 was a very weird year. 2020 was a very weird year that... I don't think anything I even possibly predicted could have even come close to true. And that's that's just the truth. Um, so why don't we jump in with AEW first. So 
AEW is tough. Is can be at tough. Okay, let me rephrase that. It at times can be tough to predict because there's a lot of moving parts. They have a very large roster, and you don't know who they're behind at all times. I mean, clearly it's the elite. But, like, we didn't get it. I don't think we got Hangman Page on TV this week. Um, so, this is just me shooting from the hip. This is what I think is going to happen for AEW. Uh, my number one prediction for All Elite Wrestling is that the inner circle breaks up. I think, I think we've already seen the cracks. I think there's a great chance we see the ultimate freak out where Chris Jericho goes babyface. Um, that's the only Jericho we haven't seen in AEW yet, and clearly the breakup's mostly going to happen between him and MJF, and you're not turning MJF babyface. So, that's where I think Inner Circle's going towards. I think they should break up this year. Um, it was a good run, but, you know, it's been over a year, and we're running out of steam. Proud and Powerful, uh, Ortiz and Santana, I believe that they will become the tag team champions of All Elite Wrestling. And I think that's a long overdue case because I think since they've come in to the company, they've been criminally underused by the um, company. I understand they're in the inner circle. That's a great spot. That's a huge spot. But they haven't done anything. Um, Ortiz is kind of treated like a comedy character, and they're not really put in much tag matches on TV. It's mostly dark, and I believe the only match that they had was the street fight with the best friends. I think that's their last notable, like, really notable match. But 2021 I see as being something different. I see Proud and Powerful winning the tag team titles, and I think this is after Inner Circle breaks up. Alright, let's get to Kenny Omega. I believe that Kenny Omega and Hangman Page will headline the 2021 All Out pay-per-view. Probably in Chicago. I believe we will have, hopefully have fans by then of some sort um, that pack the arena. And this will be the match. This will be the match that Hangman Page finally wins. And I think he's the only person that should beat Omega for that title. And if it's not at all out, it's probably a little later, maybe even next year. But I think this is the event that that happens. Because all out is supposed to be their number one pay-per-view. So let's treat it like their number one pay-per-view. That's the match. I think that headlines all out. And I think Hangman Page wins the AEW World Championship. If it doesn't happen, then I will be kind of shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. Unless they just hold it off a little longer, of course. AEW will sign a major female name to their roster. I don't know who, but I believe they will sign a major name. Whether they come from WWE um, or Japan or the Indies, I think they will sign a major name to help lead their division. Um, Hikaru Shida has done everything in her power to lead the division. She really has. But... To me, they're still missing that signature star for the division that, you know, keeps eyes going on it. 
Uh, you got Thunder Rosa. You got Britt Baker. Britt Baker, by the way, is going to win the women's championship this year. That's uh, that's my other prediction for the women's division. But I think they're going to sign a female, a major female name, whether they leave WWE or they're just on the independents. I think that's that's a fair prediction. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> this is my joke one. Uh, Sting has a match. Sting has some sort of match for AEW his first time, and I don't know what the match will exactly be, but he will have a match. That is that is my biggest layup of a prediction. But if you watch since he's appeared, you wouldn't think that because he's done literally nothing. He talked once, I think. So, yeah, there's my prediction. Sting has a match. Uh, my second to last prediction for AEW is that Cody will turn heel by year's end. I think this has been long awaited. I think that he should have been heel for a while, but, you know, fans really got behind him, so there was no reason to turn him heel. And we've seen it tease. We saw it tease with the Darby stuff, and there's still a chance. I think I think Cody turning heel it would give a revamp to his kind of stale character. Um, he's, he's kind of just in the middle, doing nothing really. And I think a heel Cody could be a good challenger for a babyface hangman page. Yes, because the heel Cody should definitely use his power that he has in the company to get himself a world title match. Yes, I said it. It would only seem right. But hangman has to win that match. Anyways. But yes, Cody turns heel. And my second and my final prediction for AEW is I will be doing this for all three companies that I predict is their MVP. I'm predicting who will be their MVP in the year of 2021. And my prediction for AEW is Pac. I believe Pac will have a phenomenal year that establishes him as one of their key competitors, key moneymakers, key players in the system. I believe Pac will have a phenomenal 2021 after 2020 was pretty much robbed from him. Um, as he was overseas for most of the year. And I look forward to seeing what he can do. I think a TNT title is reasonable for him this year. Um, world title would be great if he was the babyface that beat Hangman. Uh, not Hangman. That beat Kenny. But I think I think it has to be Hangman. So I think Pac's going to have a great year. He's going to put on a lot of good matches. And I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, he, he could start that off next week with New Year's Bash. You know, as he faces Eddie Kingston. That's a real possibility. That's where he could start that off. Alright. Now on to my stardom predictions. This can be... These could go very wrong. Probably will. This is my first time predicting anything stardom. But stardom is a company I am very invested in. Now moving forward. And I only want the best for them. And I think these predictions not only set up for a very fun year, but set up for a year that I will enjoy even more. But these are legitimate predictions that I think will happen for this company. Um, first off, Julia will win the Red Belt by year's end. Um, I think I think it's a fact 
that she's going to win the World of Stardom Championship at one point or another. And I think she would be the one to beat Otami. I don't know who else would serve that role. I don't think Otami's going to hold this title for over a year. I don't think she should hold it for over a year. I think Julia will eventually lose the white belt this year to a good opponent. And she'll give up that workhorse belt for the world title. Um, She is one of the true faces of that company. She's probably right behind Mayu, if I had to guess. And she's very deserving of that title. When when Julia's on in her matches, she's one of the best, I think. Um, I enjoy her work very much. I think she has the look down. She's got the group. She's got the charisma. Um, and she's got the ability in the ring when the match serves to her her strengths. So that's my first prediction. I think Julia does win the red belt this year. This one, this one comes a little from the heart. Not going to lie to you. Um, Momo finally wins some gold. The, the angle for much of 2020 was that Momo was the only one without a title in Queen's Quest. Now, that's no longer the case as uh, the Goddesses of Stardom championships were lost by Utami and Saya. But for a long time there, that was the case. There was, um, there was a lot of people, you know, pointing that out. She's the only one championshipless. And even at Wrestle Kingdom, Momo was just there to help out. She wasn't even in a match. But I think the confident one in me thinks that Momo will win some gold this year, whether it be trios, tag team, singles. I I think it's gonna happen. Could she could win? She could beat uh, Siri for the SWA title. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I think she wins some gold this year. Uh, this one, this one's also a selfish one, but. Momo and Siri will team again this year. Um, they were a very fun tag team when they faced Utami and Julia, and they showed a lot of friendliness, a lot of chemistry outside of the ring, whether it be the pre-match promo or after their match that they just had. There's a lot of chemistry there, and it's a lot of fun. And I know there's a very difficult chance, but I'd love if they could somehow win Tag Team Gold. I love those two together. I think they're very fun. I think they feed off each other well, and yes, they're in different groups, but at the same time, it would be an interesting story to see kind of like Momo crossing out of Queen's Quest to team with someone, and the same would go for Siri out of DDM, so I'm interested in that team. I hope they team and that's that. So that's my prediction that Momo and Siri will team again at least once this year. Um, the MK sisters will win championship gold this year. Mayu and Starlight Kid, I believe, are a great tag team. They have shown that in the past couple months. And would it be crazy to think they could beat Kunami and BF for the titles? I don't think so. I think they would actually be the perfect choices. Um, 
I do think they win Tag Team Gold, and I think they have a great run because I don't know what else you do with Mayu this year. I don't think you're going to have her win the red belt. She could win the white belt, um, but I don't I don't think she's going to be winning the red belt again this year at least. So I think a tag team run with Starlight Kid would be the perfect thing up her rally, and it would be a really fun time to watch those two team in high competitive matches. Um, they're already so good in matches that aren't for anything on the line or anything, so I think they'd only be bettered by winning the tag team titles. Um, so this one, this one is my hope. Um, Takumi Roja got injured at the end of 2020, I believe she tore her ACL. I'm not 100% sure. I've seen videos of her training. I don't know if those were updated or not, but if they are, she could be back within the next couple months. Um, they, I don't know if they were necessarily true, but I hope they are because she's one of the best. She's one of the absolute best, and I think we all want her back. And here is my prediction. They were setting this up. Um, we had that Marvelous versus Stardom Queen's Quest um, match that was such kick-ass. It was one of the best matches in Stardom this year. I think we get Takumi Roja versus Momo Watanabe. I think that's the angle we go down. I think... I think, you know, after what Mayu and Takumi did this past year, she will be willing to work more, and I think... She, a singles match with Momo would be a perfect clash of styles because their styles are so alike. Um, lots of kickboxing, lots of just brutal tosses, and oh, man, what a match this could be. I think if Takumi Roja is healthy by the year's end, which I believe she will be, this will be a match that happens. And we, as Stardom fans, will all enjoy it. Or Marvelous fans, of course. Um, Tam Nakano will win her first singles gold. I don't remember off the top of my head if she's won any other singles gold. Um, I believe I checked and she didn't. So, clearly she's being built as one of the faces of stardom moving forward as the leader of the Cosmic Angels. And I feel, yeah, she's never won singles gold, so it would only seem right for her to do it. Um, yeah, I think she's going to win singles gold. Could be the white belt. Could be something else. But I I think I think this is her year. I think this is her year. She brings home a singles title with the help of the Cosmic Angels. And finally, my prediction for Stardom's MVP in 2021, which has nothing to do with the rest of these predictions, kind of, will be Azumi. I think after the year she had in 2020, the sky is only up. She is a future World of Stardom champion. She is a future Wonder of Stardom champion. She is one of the best they have. She has the star power to her, and I think she will be the MVP in 2021 for Stardom. Don't I don't necessarily know why, I don't know why I feel this confidence that Azumi will be the MVP. I just do. And that's that. I think Stardom is 
prepped for a great year in 2021 where they only continue to grow after a very good 2020 that, you know, was difficult to have a good year in 2020. So I'm excited to see where they go. And if all my predictions came through, I'd be a very happy person. That's not going to happen, so I'll take half. Give me half, okay? Give me half. Actually, just give me Takumi versus Momo. I really could care less if everything else is wrong, but I think Julia winning the red belt is probably my safest pick. And now we are on to the WWE. Of course, I believe this and AEW is the only thing that I predicted last year, and it's only right that I predicted again. WWE is, or long has been, my number one company. Um, I've just always followed it more. And I want to share my thoughts with all of you. Because I think... I think this can be a good year for WWE. Um, SmackDown's carrying a lot of momentum. NXT is... Fixing itself as we go. And, you know, I have hope. I have hope, but that's because I always have hope that they can figure it out. So, let us start now. Starting from the top, the Royal Rumble happens this month, and I feel like it's the only... Way to start it, I, I believe Daniel Bryan will win the men's rumble. I was, I'm very much on the bandwagon of Big E winning the rumble. I really am, but I just, I just don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen this year. Maybe next year. And I think Daniel Bryan is the perfect opponent to go to WrestleMania, face Roman Reigns, and lose. But getting that Royal Rumble win under his belt only adds to his prestige and they're they're kind of building in a way that it's very possible that he does get that win and they haven't done the big Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan match and that's probably the biggest match they have right now on the SmackDown roster in the current state because Biggie's Intercontinental Champion he shouldn't have a short run I think I think this is the way to go Daniel Bryan winning the Men's Royal Rumble is my first prediction for WWE in 2021. Now, the Women's Royal Rumble. The Women's Royal Rumble, I feel, is wide open this year. There is no layup of who could win. With that being said, I believe Bianca Belair will win the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble. I believe she will challenge Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And we will have a very good time with that. Because, truthfully, truthfully, I believe these two can have a great match. And Bianca Belair may be better served as a heel. I don't know how they build that, per se, but... The only other option I see winning this Women's Royal Rumble is Rhea Ripley. And I'm not so sure they do that. I would like if they did that, but I'm not so sure that's the angle they go down. Um, because, you know, my story would be Charlotte wins the Raw Women's title 
challenges Charlotte opposite of last year, and she gets her win back. But I'm not sure they are willing to do that. So I'm going with Bianca Belair, who is probably the safest prediction. But it's it's the prediction I think that will be true. Um, Big E will be in the world title picture by year's end. Not necessarily the world champion, but I think he will get a world title match by year's end. Uh, perhaps building or even a in a contenders match. He'll be in that picture. He'll be slotted from the mid-card to the main event. And that will be his time to be really shine. Um, I feel I feel Big E's ready. He's ready now. But the way Roman's going right now and no fans possibly being in attendance for WrestleMania again, I, f- I can't see it. I can't see Big E winning the title this year. I just, I don't know why. Um, I've been very on board of him doing that. I've said in the past weeks I think he's going to be world champion, but I just think his peak this year is world is the main event, um, the main event part of the card, and then 2021, I mean 2022, he'll win the big one. But who knows? I hope I'm wrong. I hope he wins the big one this year. But we'll see. Uh, let's get to the money in the bank contracts. Um, WWE has really butchered these the past few years, especially when it comes to the men's money in the bank. Um, possibly the last good winner was Dean Ambrose. So that that really dates how far back it's been since this was used well. Um, I'm picking Bobby Lashley to win the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't, I don't know why I feel this way, but the way they've built Bobby as this dominant, almost must-see mid-card champion, I feel like the next step, possibly after he loses to Keith Lee or something for the United States title, is the Money in the Bank. I. Think, I think that's a must because you can only you can only hold him back. You can only hold him back so much. I think that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I think to me, you can't you can't get. Continuously hold him down to the point where he's never going to be world champion. I think Bobby Lashley should be a world champion. And the best way to do it is through the Money in the Bank contract. No? Yes, I'm right. Because as I as I think about it, I'm not sure. You know what? Ugh. I just had an epiphany mid this. I don't even know what epiphany means. I'm just going to act like I know what it means. Going back to the Women's Royal Rumble, this is a chance Sonya Deville wins that. And if Sonya Deville wins that, that is something I asked for about three years ago. She just returned on SmackDown. There's a chance that happens. And if that's the case, if she's the top heel moving forward on SmackDown, I will be very happy. 
All right, back to Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business needs to stay together, at least with MVP. And I think the Money in the Bank briefcase is the perfect way to put world title gold on a very deserving man in Bobby Lashley. For the women's Money in the Bank, um, I, I, I'm not so sure here. Um, I'm going to predict it. And, you know, I, if Sonya Deville doesn't win the Royal Rumble, I believe she will win the Money in the Bank. However, if she does, then I'm going with a bold choice here. Peyton Royce wins Money in the Bank. Now, listen, Peyton Royce has done literally nothing. Literally nothing since the Iconics broke up. She teams with Lacey Evans. But there's a reason they broke up, and I think Peyton Royce has a bright future given the opportunity. I think Vince McMahon is going to give her that opportunity. Um, I think she she's going to get that opportunity this year. I think a Money in the Bank win would be the perfect way to spring that. Now... You know, now that I remember that Sonya Deville came back, I kind of want her to win everything. Selfishly, because she's one of my favorites, but... Just, you know, we'll go with Peyton Royce. Um, I don't think Bianca Belair's first win should come via that, so that's why I don't see her winning it. Um, Yeah, that's that. A heel should always win, Money in the Bank, by the way. Uh, The Riot Squad will win the Tag Team Titles, and... A second add to that, they will make them relevant by traveling from brand to brand like the Golden Role Models did. I think Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan have really figured out themselves as a tag team and as single stars in WWE. But, you know, they haven't been given so many opportunities, but they're starting to win. They're starting to win, and that's what's giving me hope. Um, I've been very adamant of how good these two are, um, how good Liv is, how good Ruby is. So, I think they are the next tag team champions. They're the only choice. They're the only real tag team on the women's roster right now In the when it comes to the main roster. And I think they should win, but there's also the chance whoever wins the Dusty Cup wins the tag team titles. So, that'll happen. But Riot Squad are winning those tag team titles this year. That is my prediction, and my prediction will become a spoiler like Paul Heyman likes to say. Here's my next prediction. This is a big one. This is a very big one. Carries a lot of weight to it because it it would be massive for WWE. I believe that Becky Lynch will return, but only when there are fans in attendance. I don't believe you rush Becky Lynch back for a no-person WrestleMania. I believe you get Becky Lynch back when there's fans in attendance for the absolute roof to explode, for the arena to go insane, for it to be a wonderful moment where the mom, as they like to call her now, but really she will always be the man, comes back around. I think Becky Lynch does return in 2021. Um, I think on her Twitter, it says... Let me, let me double check for you before I say something stupid. 
her quote, um, not her quote, her bio says, time to go to work. I don't think that said that when she was having her child. I don't think it said that at all. But now it says that. It is time to go to work, Becky. We all miss you very much. Becky Lynch is is the face of this company when she's here. Yes, Roman Reigns is great. Roman Reigns is awesome. But Becky Lynch established herself as the perfect babyface face of this company. And when she comes back, the place is going to go off the roof. And WWE needs her. I think WWE needs that star power. It, it's not necessarily because of the women's division being weak. I think the, they have some incredible women. The NXT women's division is the best women's division in the United States. Plain and simple. But it's a matter of WWE needing that star power more than ever. Um, Raw's views are going down. And that's where she would place, I believe. Um, but, you know, Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. And if they start touring again, possibly Becky Lynch goes to SmackDown. Which would be an absurd roster if you put Bailey, Sasha, and Becky on the same show. That would be absolutely insane. But that's, that's you know, talking for another day. I think Becky Lynch, the man, will come back around in 2021. On to the next prediction. I believe Roman Reigns... Versus Seth Rollins will headline SummerSlam. This is an interesting one. I think Roman Reigns will still be champion at SummerSlam. I don't think he should be losing that title anytime soon. Because he's kind of freaking awesome right now with it. So why not build Seth Rollins as the baby face to face him? And I don't I don't know if Seth Rollins wins at SummerSlam. But there's going to be a time where that Messiah gimmick ends. And I could see that happening in the... Summer, where you start to build Seth up, build Seth up, and he becomes that baby face that ultimately faces Reigns in the second biggest show of the year. Because WrestleMania is not going to happen. That's not happening between those two. SummerSlam, very good chance. And I think that would be an excellent show. An excellent main event. Because it would be reverse roles for the first time ever. Roman's never played that heel role against Seth. Seth's always been the heel. So I'm intrigued by that, and I think those two would have a fantastic match against one another. Uh, we're over an hour here. Um, first time we've been over an hour in a while, but it's a big show, big show. Um, here's one. The Undisputed Era are finally called up, and we're doubling down here. Adam Cole will win singles gold on the main roster by year's end. I think the Undisputed Era have done everything. And anything possible in NXT. And their removal from the show will only help NXT grow, I believe. Um, they've done it all. They've led that brand. Um, Adam Cole won Male Superstar of the Year for the second year in a row. Undisputed Era won Tag Team of the Year for the third year in a row. Like They have gone to the point where they've done everything. It's time to move on. It's absolutely time. Uh... And I think Adam Cole, when he gets called up, I don't think Vince can hold him back. I really don't. Adam Cole is a guy, more than anyone that Vince has held back, that he can't hold back. He's got the promo. He's got the fan 
belts, and he's got the ability in the ring. Adam Cole will be a singles champion on the main roster. The Undisputed Era will be on the main roster, and you know they'll probably win tag team gold too. Um, but that's not as big of as a uh, prediction. I feel if they're on that main roster, they're winning tag gold. I feel like that's kind of a layup. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart becomes the NXT Women's Champion by the end of the year. I think I think we're on a road where Io Shirai either loses to Mercedes Martinez, Raquel Gonzalez, or Tony Storm. I think that's where we're going, and I think Shotzi Blackheart's the perfect babyface to ultimately beat one of them when the time comes. Shotzi has an incredible fan base, incredible charisma, incredible knack of just simply liking her. Like, you could see all the tattoos and the green hair, and some people may be turned off by that as a fan, but she she connects with people. That's what you need to do in this business, people. She has a big future ahead of her in WWE as a whole, but especially NXT. And I think she becomes the woman's champ by the end of the year. And my second-to-last prediction, which is an insane one, is Kushida will be the one to defeat Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. I don't, I don't know why... I feel like this will happen. I just... I feel like Kushida has so much to offer, and he's been held back for so long. And, yeah, he can win the North American title. But I almost feel like Kyle Riley should do that now, and Kushida should win the NXT title. Because I think Kyle Riley's missed his opportunity, and, you know, Karrion Cross is going to be the champ. But how long can they possibly hold him in the in NXT? I think he's going to be on that main roster sooner rather than later. So, Karrion Cross six month run after being in February, Kushida wins, beats him for the title. I think that's possible. Um, Bronson Reed's also a choice I've had kind of in my head to beat Karrion Cross. I don't know why. I'm pushing all these guys that I don't know if they're willing to push. But I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. And I'd like to see it happen. Um, And the MVP for WWE in 2021 will be... The Big Dog. The head of the table. The Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns. Um... I had I had Sasha Banks as a possibility, but there's a very good chance people consider her the 2020 MVP. And Roman Reigns is on a path of just absolute excellence. Absolute excellence that I don't think anyone can match. Or that I don't think anyone can be better than. I think, I think what Roman Reigns is doing is phenomenal. And as the Universal Champion, alongside Paul Heyman... You can't. It's funny you can't write this stuff, but you clearly can. They are writing this stuff, but his influence on his own character is what is getting them there. And I think if you look back to his feud with John Cena, you get a lot of what Cena did in that promo, in that lead up, is what Reigns kind of has taken in of that confidence. Um, 
and he's kind of mixed what he was doing well before and what he was missing into this great, amazing heel character. And I think he will be the 2021 MVP, and I don't think anyone will come close. I just think Roman Reigns is not only the top dog, but he truly is the head of the table. Um, so those are all my predictions. We'll hopefully see you at the end of the year how many times I got wrong. And <laughs> I'm going to save them. I'm going to make sure I save them. I'm excited for this new year of wrestling. We've already started off. We're only seven days in as of me recording this. Eight days, whatever. And I have all the confidence in the world that this year of professional wrestling is going to be excellent. Absolutely excellent. Here's something that I promised a few episodes ago. And I have guaranteed, I have delivered. If you go on to my Twitter, at ScottyWrestling, you will find my match ratings for 2021. I am rating every match I watch from beginning to end. Every match I watch from beginning to end of this year. Um, we are already 21 matches in through eight days. Um, helps that we had Wrestle Kingdom. But, you know, I'm trying this. I'm rating them all out of five stars. You know, the the very well-known way in wrestling. And then there's tabs for WWE matches, starter matches, AEW matches, and New Japan matches. To us, to keep it neat. And anything in green is a match I highly recommend. They will be four and above. We, we have three matches at 4.25 this year so far. Those are the highest grades I've given with a... With two matches at four. So please go check that out on my Twitter at Scotty Wrestling, W R A S S L I N. And follow along because this is only the beginning. And I'm excited to see how far I can go with this. It's been fun so far, um, kind of analyzing matches for what they are. And I hope you join me on this lovely adventure. You can continue to follow all my articles and stuff on lastwordonsports.com slash pro wrestling. I have a very sound offish article about stardom on there. Um, you know, I continue to cover my news. My best WWE matches came out this week. So, yeah, check me out on there. And otherwise, folks, this was a good show. Good first show of the new year. Um, I mean, I think my show ended up coming out on the first or second of the year last year no it didn't actually so this is the new uh, i don't know either way this is this is what i'm considering the first show of the year and i hope these predictions go well i hope you all have a safe lovely week and i'll be ne back next week for with the usual show where we talk raw smackdown nxt AEW, stardom and anything else that might pop up so, until then, be safe. Have a good one.
それもまた美学でしょう